I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to go to college. So my mom said I didn't have a choice. So to, to despise her, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just finish really early. Mm. So that was really my motivation because I, I wanted to go overseas and play professional soccer. Like that was my dream that I wanted to pursue. But growing up in a household where, you know, you're from an immigrant family, they don't really understand dreams. Not They're yet. like dreams. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> and so it, it forced me to pick up something different. And so I filled the void by entrepreneurship. And so when I, I was running a successful business when I was at school, but my advisors at that time was um, betting against what I was doing. They, they would tell me social media is a fad. Mm. They would say, oh, this won't be around. Like, you need to go get a real job. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the More Rounds Podcast. I'm Kim Lewis, CEO and co-founder of Chromix. And today, you guys, we have Abu here with us, the ad expert in the room. If you bring up ads in any entrepreneur circle, somebody's going to mention Abu, okay? Um, and I am so excited to have him on the podcast today to talk about how he funded his agency. All right? So, uh, but before we get started, let's cheers. Cheers. Hey. Awesome. Now, I said agency, but do you even consider it an agency or no? Nah. <laughs> like, no, girl. <laughs> no, I, I don't. But most people that um, see it, like, anytime you start talking about marketing or you do marketing, they, they just automatically assume that you run an agency. Okay. And so... Um, so, correct me then. Yeah, so I run a marketing education company. Company. That's what I like, you know, look at it as now. Because when you say marketing education company, it's around like teaching marketing versus doing marketing. So, so more information, more information base and training of founders, um, smarter founders, better businesses. That's sort of like my philosophy. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. You know, I thought about the the real. I got better, better money, better pizza, better. <laughs> right. <laughs> my clothes better, right. my shoes better. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But right, better right, founders, right. better education. So, yeah. how did you get started doing that? You went. Where'd you go to school? What, what happened after that? Yeah, so I went to. Uh, you know, sometimes I struggle giving them a shout out, but I went to <laughs> university <laughs> and uh, at Penn State. And during my time there, I studied supply chain. So I really didn't have anything to do with, you know, what I'm currently doing right now, except the thought process. So I studied supply chain, which is really around how do you connect the dots and mm -hmm. how do you build something lean with not a lot of money or how do you move products from A to B? Um, so in the beginning, the reason why I got into marketing was because when I was there, I started a clothing brand. So when I started a clothing brand, I was using supply chain because I had a manufacturer at, on campus, I had a manufacturer in Texas, and we were producing these clothes and, and, and shirts, and we were making a lot of money doing it. I was running this whole operation out of my dorm room, and so that's where I really used the supply chain, but it really made me focus in on the marketing. How do you sell to people that are not on your campus? And so that's what really led me down this rabbit hole of like, how do you market to people in the West Coast? How do you market to people around the world? And so that's sort of how I got my, my first inkling on, okay, maybe I could use paid ads. Wait, so you just found paid ads. Like, did you know it was a thing? Where did you hear, hear about that? <laughs> Were you in college at the time? Did you graduate? Yeah, so I first heard about paid ads when I was in high school, but I didn't quite understand it. Like, I'd go online and I'd see these ads, but I didn't really put two and two together. And then I would see people running ads and... 
And I'm like, how are they even making money? So it, it didn't really register to me what exactly was happening um, until I had to apply it. And so it wasn't until college when I had to actually apply it to the things that I was doing that I kind of understood like, okay, maybe it might work. But my first year, though, I didn't make any money. Like, it didn't how work. Old, how old are you, Abu? I'm 30. I just turned 30. Okay, so you yeah. were learning about ads in college when we, I was in college, too. I was not learning about ads. Yeah. I, was not, I was not even curious about that. Yeah, well, I was kind of like a strange kid. I would always, like, give myself these goals over the summer. So that summer, it so happened to be learn Morse code and learn paid ads. How, how I got to that. Morse code, bro? Yeah, well, I don't use that at all. Tap, tap, right, tap. Right, right, right. So, so those are the two skills I wanted to explore more. And I just was like, oh, wow, ads is a thing. But, again, I was kind of weird. Every summer, I'd try to give myself these goals of trying to learn something new. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 awesome. I did not have that goal. And so when you left college, did you go work for someone else or did you start running ads immediately? Yeah, so when I left college, I, I did college in about like two and a half years. I, I kind of finished, or I was taking 30, 35 credits a semester. So again, I was very... Wait a minute. Yeah, I was very yeah, Aren't unusual. you supposed to only take 15 to 21? Yeah, but I would always... I, my college advisor told me that too. But I told her, I was like, I can handle it. And I was able to handle it. And I had to keep above a 3.5 GPA because I was on an academic scholarship. So I was able to do all of that. That sounds crazy. Sometimes I be feeling like growing up black in America, I did myself a disservice. I should have yeah. been like an immigrant, bro. Like from an immigrant family, I would have been so much more successful. Like, But I, I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to go to college. So my mom said I didn't have a choice. So to, to despise her, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just finish really early. Mm. So that was really my motivation because I, I wanted to go overseas and play professional soccer. Like that was my dream that I wanted to pursue. But growing up in a household where, you know, you're from an immigrant family, they don't really understand dreams. Not They're yet. like dreams. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? <laughs> and so it, it forced me to pick up something different. And so I filled the void by entrepreneurship. And so when I, I was running a successful business when I was at school, but my advisors at that time was um, betting against what I was doing. They, they would tell me social media is a fad. Mm. They would say, oh, this won't be around. Like, you need to go get a real job. Wow. And so I thought they were, they're wiser, right? They're my advisors. And so I ended up transitioning that business at that time. And then I went to go work for a company. So after I graduated college officially, like I went to go work for a big four consulting firm. Okay. Yeah. How long did that last? Uh, the first day I walked in there, I knew I shouldn't have been in there. <laughs> uh, but I was making money in a sense that, you know, it was like legit, right? Like in their eyes, right? To the people around me. So they're like, oh man, like you're making you know, this amount of money. How much are you making? 65000 a year. Okay. I mean, that's um, not bad. I knew people making fifty coming out of college. Yeah, you know? yeah. It was it was okay. But, you know. But when you're paying 40, 50 a year, it's kind of like, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> but my, in my neighborhood, it was such a big deal because, one, most of us don't go to college, right? Like, two, most of us don't graduate from college. And then, three, we don't go get jobs at these type of companies. So, to them, it was like a status thing. Yeah. They're like, oh, my God, like, you're doing so well. So, I stayed there longer than I should have because... I was just trying to satisfy, like, man, I'm the first one to do this, so let me just stay in this position. Yeah. yeah. How long did that last? You walked in the first day, <laughs> knew you didn't belong, yeah. and was like, I'm going to just stick it out. I, I checked out pretty quickly because I could do the work. Like, the work wasn't hard for me. Like, when you 
operated and started a business in college and had 16 employees and like like the work now you do right out of college like the, at this company it's not you hard. had 16 employees in college in college yeah oh bro i didn't i didn't miss that part okay <laughs> yeah i had 16 employees were they when older I was in than college. you were they overseas? yeah they were older they were older a lot of them was u.s based um but they were older than me um and they decided to. What were they doing? <laughs> yeah, so I was running a whole business when I was in when I was in college. So I was we were selling clothes, but uh, we had people doing different things from packaging. Like my dorm room became inventory, like our warehouse. <laughs> I would literally sleep in the corner of my dorm room, and we moved a bed out. Like housekeeping helped me move my bed out, and I got in trouble for it later because. It was mandatory. I had a bed in my room. Oh, this and is so crazy. it became inventory space. And I would just sleep in the corner. Sometimes I'd be sleeping on inventory, but I'd leave my dorm room unlocked. So people would come and like they would take the clothes and I created partnerships with the U.S. Postal Office. So we would circumvent the lines and just drop off the clothing. And then we create a partnership with the people that made the post. So we were like <laughs> we were doing everything. And then I went to the photo How much studio. money were you making? We're making a good amount. Like we Tell were making me. anywhere Give from me. like ten to thirty thousand a month. Wow! Right, and in I'm in college. I'm nineteen at this point with thirty five credit hours. Bro, <laughs> yeah. you crazy? I, I didn't sleep. If you ask anybody about me when I was in college, like they're like, no, he didn't. I lived off of Swedish fish and Red Bulls. That's all. You would I, make no friends because you was working <laughs> the whole time. No, I didn't. I didn't maximize my college experience in terms of social. It was for me. It was all business. Do you regret letting go of that business? I I do. I wish I would have got more encouragement, uh, but I think it taught me a lot about, you know, your belief, you know, having this belief in yourself because conviction and, and conviction because no one else is really going to see it and it may look different. And um, so it really taught me a lot about that, like despite what people are saying, like, what do you believe, you know, you could do with your business and your idea. And so it really taught me a lot. So, you know, I think. It happened for a reason, and it really propelled me for the things I would do ahead. That's so dope. So you know what I realized? If you if you at 18, 19, 20, you know, you're seeing 30,000 come through in your business a month. That change, it's a quarter million a year. Yeah. That changes your perspective <laughs> of big money and little money, yeah. right? So you get the 65K job. No wonder you checked out day one. It was like, I ain't making nothing, like, compared <laughs> to what I could be making with my business. And then that means that when you go on to the future to do bigger things, like, 30K a month ain't nothing to you. You know right. what I'm saying? It's like, so now I'm I'm okay with, the first time I saw 25K in my bank account. Yeah. And my, well, that, we had 100K after Tim Wonder Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. But like the first time I saw my business bank account, 25K, I had to be like 27 years old. Mm. That was like 10 years later after, when you had seen that amount mm. in your bank account. You know what I'm saying? Like imagine the leaps you can make when you see that big number. Okay. Yeah. So you close the business down after getting advice from your advisors. So I'm so sorry for the advisors that you had, bro. My bad. <laughs> and then you go work for 65k a year at this big four accounting firm. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, accounting yeah. firm. Okay. And there was a short stint uh, in the middle where I, I traveled uh, overseas. I ended up in Milan, Italy, studying fashion design, mm -hmm. and then I would help the students create businesses that were in my class that were uh, designers. So I would I went over there. And when I was, you know, this was before PwC because I, I pushed off the start date. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Let me go explore fashion a little bit more because I was interested in, in, in college. Italia. And Italy, right? I was like, where can I go? And then I was like, oh, so I went, uh, I enrolled in fashion school out there. I was the worst designer in the class because those kids, they knew they wanted to be designers when they were kids, right? 
but I had experience running a business. And so I would go in there and I'm like, these are the best things I've ever seen designed. Like, wow. are you selling these? And in their mind, they're like, no, no, I got to go to a fashion house. I got to work there. I got to. I'm like, no, no, but you could just open up an online store. No, 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 no. <laughs> and they're like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, okay, let me help you. Mm. And so I started helping my classmates. And then word got around town. I got hired by this, this consulting firm in Italy. Again, I don't speak Italian, right? My classes were in Italian, right? The consulting firm I got hired for speaks it- Italian. My first client, the Versace family, right? So, <laughs> so here, here's, here's like reoccurring theme where I'm like, okay, maybe I should stick on the business side. Like I'm really, really good at this thing and maybe I should stick on the business side of things. So I did that short stint there and then I came over to PwC and I was working there. What's the short stint? How long were you working for the Versace family? For about family? like a year. Wow. Yeah. And you left to yeah. go work at PwC? <laughs> Bro, what? <laughs> yeah. Do you are you still connected to the Versace family? They are interesting people and um Italy was hard, right? Italy was hard because they're not used to people. I mean, they know black culture cuz a lot of high in fashion is black culture. Right. But black culture working is culture. with yeah, is culture. black People is completely different. Yeah. And so my experience wasn't a, it was good because of the, you know, the opportunity, but it wasn't great for me when it comes to personally and interaction and building relationship because that. I was saw different. House of Gucci, you know, was it like that? <laughs> it, it was, yeah. Especially like, it was different. Like you're, you know, you're, you're, it, it was different. You know, they're, they, you know, um, so I just, I didn't have a great personal experience working there, but I did what I had to do mm-hmm. professionally. You know, you put on your professional face, but it wasn't a co- conducive environment for me. If you've seen any of the content we produced or Chromex online and thought, man, I want to invest in that company, now's your chance. Go to Chromex.com backslash invest and you can become an investor today. Now back to the episode. But it's crazy. You decided to go to Italy on a way. Italia. Because, you know, yeah. Y is not in their actual right, alphabet. Right, right. Um, you went to Italia yeah. for a class in fashion designing. Ended up connected with the Versace family and helping them. This is crazy. I never knew this about you. Okay, I love this. Okay. <laughs> but you decide to cut all of that yeah. off and co-work at PwC for 65K. Okay, cool. Yeah. When did you leave PwC? And, like, when did you start your business? Was that a part of it? Tell me that story. Yeah, so I was at PwC, and I remember, um, I like, the work wasn't challenging. So I would go to the partners, and I'd make a big fuss about it. I'm like, I need, like, more work. Like, I need, like, why am I getting paid the same amount as everybody else? Like, like look at our resume. Like, don't look that we have the same degree, but look at our resume, like, the work we've done. And so I'd always get like pushed back. I'd always, uh, I remember going to one partner one time and he was like, hey, Abu, you have to learn how to tread water before you can swim to the other <laughs> side. And I'm like, like, don't you see like there's there's more out there for me. And and so that was something I held on to. And I was like, maybe it's not the place for me. So I would finish all my work and, you know, a few minutes it would take me, you know, so Monday, you know, by Monday afternoon, I finished all the work for the week. Right. So now I'm just working on my own stuff at this point because I'm asking for more work. I'm not getting it. Mm. So I'm sitting in the office and I'm like, huh, I have this idea fund. So when I was at PwC, I created 10 percent of my income would go towards this idea bucket. So any ideas I would have, I would pursue. And so I would say I would put 10 percent and I was living at home at that time. So allowed me to save up 
uh, capital. And so I started pursuing some of my ideas and a few of them didn't work out. Wow, what's, <laughs> which ones? Which ones? I, I, I wanted to start like a business of fashion. Okay. At that time, like before business of fashion was starting when they're highlighting like, you know, uh, brands in the fashion industry up and coming. So I started a, a, a company at that time. Uh, like a magazine, okay. online magazine, trying to highlight, you know, up and coming fashion trends, uh, technology, AI and all that stuff. Uh, that didn't work out because I needed writers. I needed to manage writers. I, and so it was, whole, money. Yeah, it was a whole <laughs> new world I didn't really understand. And so uh, at PwC, it gave me the really the fundamentals to um, it, and it gave me the time. Right. Because the work wasn't uh, hard for me at that time. And it gave me the fundamentals to. Because uh, I would then go sit in on the meetings of the executives, see how they make decision making. So it gave me decision making capabilities. So I was there for about uh, like a few how years. How you just sitting in with the meetings of the executives? You just ask? I would ask to take notes. Ah, okay. And they love a note taker. They're like, oh yeah, come on, like yep. you can take notes. And I come I hold everybody just, accountable. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I would just go there to see how they came to conclusions, like deductive reasoning, like things I knew I would need as a leader because I was looking ahead. And so I was there for a few years, and then I I remember leaving, and um, they were like, do you have a job lined up? And I was like, oh no. And they're like, so you don't have a plan. And I'm like, I just don't want to be here. I was like, I got to go figure it out. I told them I I needed to go pursue being an entrepreneur. And if it didn't work out, like I, you know, I reapply and stuff like that. But when I left, I didn't tell my mom, but I would leave out every morning the same time she would, because that was my routine. I stuck to my routine. Not you lying to your mama. (laughs) You know, I had to do what I had to do at that time. And she wouldn't have understood. Yeah. And so for eight months, I would go to the local WeWorks. And when I was there, I would meet all these businesses and startups, and I would help them out with just about anything. You know, oh, you need help with marketing. Oh, you need help with Excel spreadsheets. Oh, you need help with... And I just helped them, and I really enjoyed that moment. You were helping them for them. free for eight months? For free, yeah. I would just go post up I mean, there, meet new businesses, and I would kind of just help them. And I was living off the cash flow of my savings, right? So I said, okay, I got a six-month... You know, how much did you have saved up at that time from the PwC job itself? Because I was living at home, um, I, w- I had saved up maybe like 40 something thousand. Wow. Yeah. I was like saving up everything. Like I wouldn't go out on weekends. Like I saved everything that I could during those moments. I have never been able to save money in my yeah. whole life. <laughs> so when people be telling me they saved 25,000, 30, 50, 75, I'd be like, bro, I yeah. have never in my life. <laughs> That's impressive. Okay, keep going. Yeah, so I had six. So for me, I was like, okay, I got six months, you know, cash flow if I'm really aggressive and 12 months, you know, if I'm kind of like, you know, in and out, not as aggressive. So that's sort of like what my mindset was at that time. And during that time period, I was helping these businesses. And so I was eight months in, and then I got a phone call, and it was from a mentor that was out working in on Wall Street. And he said, hey, like, we're doing this thing here, and I know you got past experience with it at PwC. Like, you were you were doing a, a software consulting there at Salesforce. Like, we're doing something similar. Do you want to come work here? So I was like, hmm, I have an opportunity to go to New York, change my scenery, and I'm looking at my cash flow, and I'm like, but if I take this job, I was like, well, how much are y'all paying? It was like, oh, like 130000 So I'm like, okay, I didn't work for eight months, and you're about to double <laughs> right, what I've made? I was like, okay, I'll try it out. And so I ended up packing up, and then a week later, I was on Wall Street working in New York. And mm. so that, that's, <laughs> that was my transition from 
corporate, to on, well, from entrepreneur to corporate to entrepreneur, now back to corporate. And it was the worst mistake I made, but yeah. Ooh, the worst yeah. mistake. How long were you there? Uh, when I went to Wall Street, I was there for less than a year. And why do you call it the worst? Because, again, the same pattern repeated itself. I walked into work day one, and I knew I didn't belong there. So what I have learned from all my finance friends is that Wall Street is soul-sucking, in a way. Is It's like, it, it will, and then you come out a crueler, more angry, more like visceral like person. Um, and then they leave because they're like, I don't like who I've become. I don't like what my life is. And then they get back to themselves and they're more peaceful and blah, 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 all the things. And so is that like your experience working on Wall Street? I think because I had a past experience with uh, the corporate gig, I knew that it was really the people that made you feel like that. Mm -hmm. And so I came in there with, I knew I wasn't going to be there long, you know? So I was like, okay, I'm going to take advantage of the city of New York. I'm going to save up my cash. Right. And then I'm going to make a decision on what I was going to do. That's why I was there less than a year. I didn't go there with the mindset that I was going to be there like two or five years or this was my way out. I still felt like deeply like I need to be an entrepreneur. So, so did when, you save like $60,000, $40,000? Yeah, when I was there, I mean, I saved, I think I left right after my bonus. I was like, oh, I appreciate that. Like, you know, <laughs> and, and I was able to save like a good amount, maybe like, maybe like 80K I was able to oh, save. Oh, dope. Okay. Like I, I was saving everything and I would be cooking and I don't know what I was eating. I was just cooking whatever. I was just <laughs> trying to save save cash flow. Chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then when I was like, okay, if I'm about to leave this job, what am I going to do? And then I was like, well, at, at that time, remember my, my, the things I was doing at WeWork, I was helping these entrepreneurs and some of the returns started to pay out. Like, Helping this woman who had a beauty company go from five hundred a month to fifty thousand a month, mm. and she would always tell me, and they would always tell me these businesses that I would help. They're like, "You're like, you're really good at what you do." And I'm like, "No, every, anybody could do this." Like yeah, anybody, <laughs> I'm like, anybody could do this, and they're like, "No, I think you should like." So I would be documenting helping them on social media and I would create these online case studies and I was like, well, maybe I should start an agency. Mm -hmm. And so I posted something on my Instagram story and I said, Hey, I'm going to start an agency. I'm going to charge you $2,000, a three month commitment. I posted on my story and the next morning I made, I had $42,000 secured. Wow. So I went to my job and that was my last day. So it was, was no two week notice. It was just like, today's my last day. Oh, I love that. I love that. So you like funding your business through experience and saving from your corporate jobs. Correct. Correct. And and that's how I started by through corporate, right? Saving my, my money as much as I could, right? I remember I went on a school full academic scholarship, so I didn't come out with any loans. Oh, that's dope. So with me, I felt like I had more, I could take more risk, mm -hmm. right? And so I said, okay, I could take more risk. But even with that, you, you know, because I come from an immigrant family, you have to financially be able to provide, you know, I'm making more than everyone in my household, mm. right? So I'm contributing a lot of my finances to my mom. That's why I decided to live at home, right? It wasn't because she wanted me to, I'm, but it was more so like, why spend double income, an apartment and at, because at, I, I have to contribute at home. So why not just stay home and maximize and make the most of, out of that time? And then for when I was able to make 42K overnight, I said, well, how much more can I make? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I was like, well, how did I do that? Well, the skill sets that I've built, well, then how much more can I make? And so that kind of just changed the trajectory from there. You know what I feel like um, people, 
you people will miss this and say, oh, well, as soon as Abu left work, he, you know, he got people immediately when they wanted to work with him. But they're missing that you worked for free for eight months. I worked for free. For free. For free. Like, <laughs> I was helping, like, people make, imagine, $550,000 a month, right? I'm helping someone make, you know, hundreds of thousands, a million, right? And I'm not getting any of that. I'm just doing it like, oh, no, like, you got it. like. And it wasn't like you had no experience. You right. had a whole business in, high, <laughs> in college. Trust me, when I think about those moments back then, I'm like, man, I, sh- I should have been taking equity. I should have been. <laughs> like, because these businesses are multi-million dollar businesses now. But I'm just like, man, I remember you started in your kitchen. I remember you started, in, you know, at Starbucks. I remember. And so it, it, I didn't charge for any of that. That was just me trying to figure out what I wanted to do and like how good was I, mm-hmm. you know, and this is the best way to test it out. I was like, okay, go help people for free. Mm-hmm. If you really want to know how good you are, help them for free and see what value you could add before you, you charge. Now, when I ran an agency, the one advantage that I had was I was always documenting the free stuff I was doing. Yeah. So I literally had case studies and testimonials on the website. So whenever people booked a call with me, it wasn't can you do this? It was like, how much does it cost? Like, where, where could I sign up? And so I would document all those free case studies that I was helping these businesses. And I was really like the premise of my agency. Wonderful. Okay. So I have a question for you. What is an unpopular opinion you have about funding your business and or entrepreneurship? Yeah, I think that, um, unpopular opinion. I think that, I think that, uh, That the only way to be successful is to go to the VC route. Mm. The only reason I say that. Well, you think that the only way to be successful is to go the VC route? No, that is or um, no, I don't. I don't believe that. Ah, right? I don't yes, believe yes, that yes, because yes. there are people that are sitting on ideas. They're like, oh, I'm waiting to get funding, mm-hmm. and I'm like. Do you know how many people get funded? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't think you understand how many people get funded. And so I think that they're almost using that as a crutch to not pursue their ideas and mm-hmm. to bring it into life because they're leaning on something that is, it's, it's, it's very hard to actually get funded. And then the torture that people who do get funded go through, nobody talks about. And we're hoping to dispel some of that and share mm. something on the podcast. But, like, it, people go through a little bit of emotional, <laughs> you know, verbal abuse, you know, mm. to get that money that they've gotten. You just don't know it. You know, right, you just right, don't know right. it. Right, because it looks like, you know, it's like what media portrays. Like, they go, they see people on Shark Tank, like, I got to go on Shark Tank in order to pursue this idea. You know, I got to pitch an investor and they're going to invest in my And I'm like... That's TV. Like it, it, it looks completely different Man. than than real life. And I mean, you would know. <laughs> Do you know it's harder to get on Shark Tank than it is to get into Harvard? Mm. So if you don't think you can get into Harvard, getting on Shark Tank is like that much harder. Mm. They interview forty thousand people who apply. Right, there are forty thousand people who apply. Less than a hundred make it on the show. Less than a hundred. You know what I mean? Like that's. Those numbers yeah. are crazy. <laughs> yeah. So and then even if you make it on the show, doesn't mean you get a deal. You know. Mm. So like. Even half of that is actually probably getting an offer or a deal of some sort. So, right. like, Shark Tank should not be your answer to, like, doing your business. It should not be, mm-hmm. you know? But, yeah. Okay, oh, so... Uh, oh, uh, I had a question for you, but... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's, no, your, it's your I, world, homie. <laughs> no, I wonder, like, when did you decide to pursue Shark Tank? And I guess why? Because at that time, you were you're still operating your business. You were still making sales. Like, 
why was that? Or what were you, it was just like you were approaching a lot of different things at the same time and Shark Tank just happened to be one of those things you were auditioning for. Like why, why did y'all decide to go that route? <laughs> I want to say something that sounds, and this is just because I'm speaking from my personal experience, yeah. but the naive entrepreneur wants to go on Shark Tank mm-hmm. um, because you think that's the thing that's going to like make or break your business. Yeah. And it really isn't, right? You can still be successful and not go on Shark Tank. But I was busy building the business with my six-month-old at the time. Mm-hmm. So that was the year, the first year we made a million dollars. I had been an entrepreneur for about four years before actually going on Shark Tank. Um, but my auntie had told me they were doing a casting call. And I was like, well, what, you know, what's there to lose? You know, we could just show up and see. And we literally, me and Tim both took the baby to the actual casting call. He cried in the middle of my pitch to the directors. And I I was just like, oh, like, you know, and, but they ended up liking it. But my point was, it wasn't, it was on my goal list, my vision board, but it wasn't like something I was actively pursuing. It was just something I kind of put into the ether and Mm. then it ended up working. Now we had been on TV shows before, so I knew how to like get on a TV show. Mm. You need to be entertaining. You know, mm. if you don't have a good story, you're not entertaining, you're not going to get on TV. But anyway, that's how we did it. Okay. Okay. But flipping it back <laughs> to you, is there anything you want to leave the people with, Abu? Um, a message you have for the folks that you want us to understand? Yeah, I, I think there is power in bootstrapping, right? Like, I think people are always knocking, like, nine to fives, you know, people that work nine to five. Um, but I think it's, you know... It's like a mindset shift. I remember one of my friends telling me uh, years ago, uh, she used to always say, yeah, hey, Abu, because I would a- ask her for updates. Hey, how's everything going? She's like, oh, I'm going to my investor today. I'm like, going to your investor? I'm like, who are you talking about? She's like, oh, my job. It's funding my dream. And so I look at my job as my investor, my first investor, and I was like, wow, that's a perspective shift. And I wish more people would look at their nine to five, especially those that are wanting to pursue an entrepreneur endeavor. It's not a knock that you're still at your nine to five. It's it's how you how you think about it. You know, look at it as this is your your first investor to the thing that you actually want to do. And so, you know, continue going down the path that you're going now. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, and, and it's OK. Right. It's OK. I love that. I never knock nine to fivers because I was one and you need that. That's where you get your experience from. That's where you're learning. You're learning on the job. They're paying for your education. You're getting paid at the same time. And truth be told, like we use the hundred K in credit card debt to fund our business. And people are like, how'd you do that? And I'm like, we work good jobs. Yeah. <laughs> got good credit right. <laughs> for the first like few years out of college. So yeah, you, that, that job is oftentimes your first investment. Abu, tell people where they can find you. Yeah, so um, again, my name is Abu Fofana. It's A-B-U. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Abu Fofana um, and also just abufofana.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> All right, you guys, I'll see you next time on the next episode of More Rounds.